Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. So you guys like coffee? Well, good, because we partnered up with the best. Blackout Coffee Company is America's best small batch coffee. The true patriotic roasters of freedom nectar that lets you stay on your grind all day, every day. Blackout Coffee Company offers signature blends, single-serving coffee pods, and several types of loose teas. You can order those as needed, or you can join a monthly subscription. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiot.com, look for the Blackout Coffee Company link, and make sure you use promo code Rob. W10. That's R O B W10 for some immediate savings. This was never about money for us. It was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Star Idiots. I am Rob, and you, sir, are Arlo. And last but not least, and we've been teasing it, we've been talking about it, and I know everybody probably thinks we've been talking shit. Yeah, I'll think he was dead. In <laughs> but, the ladies and gentlemen, if you will, Eduardo Man. is in the house. What's going on? Man, it has been a crazy fucking six months. I know that. It's uh, I've been through a little bit of everything. Man. You have. A little bit of everything. You have. Um, what the hell's been going on, man? Well, tell, tell the people. <laughs> tell the listeners what's been happening. Well, as you guys will know, I probably, uh, I haven't been on since what, maybe first week of September, second seems week like of it, September? Seems like it's like been that. that long. Well, uh, I think it was, uh, this was on a Tuesday. We were due to do another episode the next day. Yep. And uh, my lady gets up, and of course she's uh She's got a lot of uh, blood, you know, uh, coming through there. And I said, oh, shit. Well, it looks like we're having a baby today. Yeah. So we get on to Floyd, and uh, he was born 8 pounds, 7 ounces, healthy. I, I couldn't ask for anything better, man. He was, you had that baby, don't lie. Dude, he looks just fucking like I me. swear to God, same hairdo and everything. <laughs> dude, I look at – look, I let me tell you what I did to Tyler. I was like uh, – because, you know, I think your is it your dad who posted a picture of, of Abe in his in – his his get up, yeah. And I said, Tyler, you want to see a picture of Ed when he's a baby? And he said, Yeah. And I showed it to him. He said, Damn. He said he didn't change. I was like, That's Ed's baby. That ain't even Ed. Can you believe that shit? I mean, looks like I, I even said, Did you have this damn baby? He looks just fucking like he me. does, man. Um, he does. And he, uh, of course, he he still doesn't sleep, so we're still not getting. Any so what does he? He sleeps like thirty minutes and wakes up for two yeah. hours. Man, he'll he'll sleep for yeah thirty minutes to power an hour. Now. He's power oh, yeah. now. Boy. and he does it all day. Um, but during the day, dude, he'll I, seriously. I've sat him down and he slept four minutes. Like back up. <laughs> He's like, wasn't it? Yes, wasn't it? Was on TV. And I guess he just Our don't want to miss God nothing. Damn. We just, we didn't even get through the first show yet. So. <laughs> I just stuck. barely pissed. Yes. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. And the thing was, is when, when he first got here, you couldn't sit him down. I mean, if, if you had him, you was going to be holding him or you was going to fucking deal with the consequences. <laughs> but, uh, he, he's gotten a lot better with that. But, um, man, it's, uh, changed everything. Yeah. My whole fucking life has changed in six months. Yes, Amazing, sir. It's crazy. And, and you look back and, and it you feels don't miss like the old shit. No. And it feels like it's not been six months. It feels like another lifetime. Yeah. Cause it's like somebody flipped the switch. Yeah. That's exactly it. And you don't, um, I don't know, man. It's those things that you, you think before he gets here, you're like, oh, man, I've got to have to make some adjustments and i got to find time for this and find it. When he gets here, you're like, man, fuck everything. Yes. My boy's here. He's yeah. healthy. I don't yeah. give a shit about nothing. Right. I know, man. I know. And um, so he's doing great. He is six months old now as of Monday. And um, his brother, uh, man, they get along so good. He, uh, Abram will just stare. At his brother, who yeah. just stare at him and smile. He, he just loves him, man. He loves to hear him talk. Loves to, and uh, it's it's been great, man. It's been a lot of fun. Now, um, one thing that did happen in November uh, is he got norovirus. Mm-hmm. Which, if anybody knows what norovirus is, we we get it pretty often as as adults, and it you know it lasts about twenty four hours for us. But with them, you know, with their you know how small they are, no immune system yet. Um, they basically they uh. They admitted him into the hospital just to keep fluids in him, keep him hydrated because he was vomiting and he had diarrhea going on. Well, the doctors come in and they're like, well, hey, mom and dad, you know, he's, he's positive for norovirus. We're going to keep him here for a few days. Just letting y'all know it's very contagious. You're probably going to get it. And six hours later, we was both throwing up and shitting no, water. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It no. got so bad. Did y'all I threw have a suite? So much. Did y'all have to get a suite at the at, at uh, atrium? Uh, no, we That's didn't. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, though, we were at Kennestone in oh, Kennesaw. Okay, that is torture. We had about a three foot wide place to sleep, so me and her had to sleep on our sides. And um, the food was it's the worst food I've ever had in my life. The worst fucking, oh I don't know how you can serve this shit to But people. they've got a bistro. I was there Monday. They've got a bistro. I, I don't give a shit if you call it a bistro or not. It is God-awful food. That taco that they had in there from the bistro, this nice bistro they had, it was so fucking bad that I kept thinking about them tacos for three weeks after I ate them, and it made me sick every time I thought you about was like, You was like, if I didn't have the shits, I'd have them after I ate this <laughs> yes. taco. I mean, just fucking terrible. Wow. Well, well, I end up we, you know, get him get him out of the hospital and, and he's doing great. And uh that was on a Thursday. Well that Saturday I was uh, evacuating my bowels uh <laughs> and I felt like a pop down in my groin. Oh my god. I was god. like, What the hell is this? I've never had this before. Well, after I get up and get back to doing what I was doing, man, that pain never went away. Well then the next day it kept popping. And it's just a popping in my intestines. Pop, pop, pop. And it, I mean, it stops you dead in your fucking tracks. And I'm like, it's like super painful. Yeah. Uh. And it, I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, something's wrong in my damn guts. Well, it was that taco. <laughs> I thought it was. <clears throat> so uh, that rocks on. I let that rock on for 24 more hours until I finally said, I'm going to urgent care. Just see what happens. I go to urgent care. That doctor tells me, which he was really no fucking help at all. He's like, I think it's a hernia. I was like, <laughs> All right, what do we do from What's here? Next? He's like, well, it's a Sunday. I can't order anything. I'm like, oh, great. Well, I'll just make a fucking appointment with my doctor tomorrow then. Thanks for nothing, sir. Yeah, here's my you know, Yeah, you got to see my balls and everything. Usually I charge <laughs> double for that. He should have paid you. I paid him. I <laughs> hey, 
Hey, this is not usually how this transaction works, sir. <laughs> Trust me, to, I know. <laughs> sir, I think I'm supposed to come at the end of this. <laughs> Sorry. No, baby. <laughs> Next day, I go to my damn doctor, and uh, he tells me, he's like, yes, yeah, a hernia. You've got an inguinal hernia, which there are several different hernias you can have, but the inguinal is in the groin. Well, I'm like, well, this is a fucking terrible spot to have something like this. No doubt. Not knowing, you know, what the repercussions of this are going to be post-surgery. Well, uh, on the 24th of February, I have this operation, and on the 25th, I wake up, and my balls are the size of two grapefruits, and they're black and full Ooh. of blood. It was so bad, y'all, I wouldn't even fucking look. And I love my nuts. I wouldn't even look at them. <laughs> I had Jessica come in. I'm like, what's well, it look like? Is it getting any better today? <laughs> and she didn't have to say that. You just saw her face. Yes. <laughs> she goes ghost white every time yes. he pulls the sheet back. And she, oh, Jesus. She's like, yeah, like, just get out of here. Just get out of here. It's more of a pur- purple now. <laughs> I mean, that inguinal hernia surgery She's like, it looks like is. two now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, before, you didn't know what it was before. It yeah. was like a damn black garbage bag <laughs> you, like those, you like those guys in the videos where they had like elephantitis with the testicles yes he had to wear a hoodie on his legs <laughs> to put his nuts in in the top of the hoodie you seen those man and i was i mean i couldn't hardly walk you know i mean it, it was fucking brutal that's the hardest thing i've ever been through is recovering from an inguinal hernia now i had two friends that had it done and um and they were like, oh, man, you'll you'll get through it. It's no problem. And you called both of them later and was like, you lying sons of Neither bitches. Neither one of the fuckers told me how painful this was going to be. They like, we didn't want to scare you. Yeah. And uh, the older guy that uh, I'm friends with uh, that had it done, he's like, oh, man. He said, uh, he said you're going to be a little sore. He said, but after about three days, you'll be fine. You should be back to work in a week. I was like, I'm glad that you're making, giving me all this fucking medical advice when I was actually out for two weeks and this was fucking brutal, man. You were full of shit. <laughs> well, then, uh, you know, as a, uh, you know, couple about to be married does, you know, we do things from time to time. Well, I was very skeptical, of course, because my balls are still black. I'm like, I don't think we should probably. Skeptical or terrified? <laughs> Both. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think we should be doing any of this, uh, to be quite honest with you. Well, you know how things happen. You know, man and woman get in a bedroom together. And, yes, and yes. Shit. Well, um, so uh, she did like any good woman's done. And she fell asleep on me. <laughs> 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 So, and I shit you not, y'all. I was like, man, I said, she's got me wound up. I got to have to do something. So I go march my ass over in that bathroom. She's done went to sleep. I'm like, hey, man, I'm not, you know, it's been a long time. I might have to crank this some bitch out, you know. And I did, y'all, and I thought I was going to fucking pass out. I was like, oh, God, wrong thing, wrong thing. I was flat headed. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to fucking die in here, and nobody's going to know till the morning. I'm going to crack my cranium on the toilet. What happened? Well, he was rubbing one out, and we found him with his pants around his ankles. His balls were still black for some reason. With two rotten grapefruits in his underwear. What the hell? Look, he mashed his testicles when he fell. No, it was That's already there. They're like, those, those, those toilet seats are tricky. It's me and, me me and, me and Rob at the view, and we just opened the second lid. Hey, we got, we got to check. No, no. He, he said they look like that, so that's him. Yeah, it's him. It's him. <laughs> Wait, bring that baby in here. Yep, that's yeah, it. That's him. That's him. <laughs> it was, uh, 
but you know what's crazy, man? The next day we, you know, got to do our our uh, our relationship thing and uh, relationship building exercise, <laughs> and everything was fine. Good. I guess it was that first one. You got to get that first some bitch out, but it about killed me. Scar <laughs> tissue and all had to come on through. Yeah. But you had some red hot chili peppers playing in your. <laughs> I was just saying, don't die, don't yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, wait, you did sign an insurance policy, didn't you? You did sign that, right? <laughs> How much was it again? Dude, I'm just happy to have you back. It's been I'm a while. We, be back, we've been uh, we've been telling everybody that you was coming back, and people stopped believing me after a while. <laughs> they're like, "He, they killed him. They just <laughs> killed him, and they're not going to talk about it." Where the fuck is Ed? But no, so we're glad to have you back, man. I appreciate it, man. I'm glad to be back, boys. It's uh, it's been a long time, and uh, you don't realize how much you miss doing this till you get back in there and get to do it. Agreed. Agreed. Let's go ahead and jump on this one. <laughs> On today's What the Florida Takashi Six Nine got served up in a Miami LA fitness finally for being a rat. You hadn't seen this yet? No. Two dudes caught him. Well, first off, he was on TV. Uh it was it was one of the world baseball games. Uh well basically it's a baseball championship. Yes. So he's he's done there after like a fool and he's drunk, showing out. Somebody throws a beer can at him, hits him, hits him with a beer can. And so I was like, ah, oh, he's getting brave now. He's coming out. He's he's making himself public. He's been seen. The next day, he goes to work out in the LA Fitness in Miami, and two dudes beat the fucking brakes off of him. There's a video of it, and they're they're kicking him in the face and stomping his guts out. And it was like, uh, now it's my you famous. I'm gonna be famous now, but eventually you had to know that shit was going to happen. And and for him just to get beat up is he's lucky. That's all he got. Yeah. And I'm talking about, he got beat up so bad. He was, he was cut all over his face. Like, I mean, they, they beat the dog shit out of this dude in the bathroom. And the two dudes walked out. I don't even know if they've been arrested. Wow. I don't know what's happened. It's just recently, I think it just went down yesterday. So, I mean, you can't run your whole fucking life. No, and that's what and he would have had been, to have done. They all been warning him. So he, yeah. he's, you know, he's out there in the, in the, he, he, He's thinking he's untouchable. Yep. They hadn't done anything now. They ain't going to do anything. No, they're just going to wait. Yeah. And the sad news is that ain't going to be the last time somebody nope. gets a hold of his ass. It's not. So, it's not. Uh, well, they say uh, snitches get stitches. That's it. And uh, he's probably going to need a few after that. Oof. I had to bring this up. Uh, there's two more things that I want to <laughs> bring in uh, that I got to talk about. I have got to talk about these two things just because um, why not, man? This is a. The, the dumb shit that's right up our alley and uh and you guys love it so um first off i want to go and say hillary and chelsea clinton had went to see uh some like it hot in new york on broadway okay well somebody liked it real hot and whoever sitting on the aisle beside them took a shit in their pants <laughs> they took a shit right there on purpose on purpose well here's the thing because uh, i'm thinking if it was a rental tux Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, so I've shit stuff that was mine before. You know, <laughs> that's, but these pants aren't even shit in them. <laughs> they, uh, I shit my bed. Apparently, this is a uh, serial <clears throat> shitter on Broadway in New York. There's a serial shitter, it's like there. flight of the intruder. Yeah, the serial. I, I, they're going to make a show. It's uh, Phantom it's Dumper, the, the flatulent of the opera. I believe this is going to be the new <laughs> thing. But but no, man. So they're sitting there. Could you imagine sitting there watching the opera and all of a sudden, and just somebody a just takes a big fat some thing. liked it hot in their pants, apparently, and just shit all over themselves, Fecal. right in the middle of it. Fecal. That's fantastic. Fecophiliac on Prozac. That man so. is my hero. 
<laughs> what if they have like a trap door and just projectile that all Oh, room? God. Like a man. Like a cow. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. A cow, like a cow patty right in your damn drawers. <laughs> that takes such determination. That takes black balls if you want to be know the truth about it. <laughs> and I don't mean in a, in a like melanin connotation. I mean like grapefruits that may have gone through a surgery. Oh, yeah. Or bad. Gone bad. So, and the other thing I wanted to bring out to say on the same shitty topic is <laughs> the last one. Uh, there is a prophet for profit, and they call him the Holy Farter. And, uh, God, I'm so childish. How about this? <laughs> In South Africa, a pastor named Christ Penelope at the Sevenfold Holy Spirit Ministries. That's hard to say. Sober. It was. It was. Is. He uh receive he gives blessings to his parishioners by farting on their face. He looked he, at that girl with farts in the jar and he was like, "I'm just going I'm going to go power ten on you." Yeah, I'm he, ratcheting it up. Uh, <laughs> people <laughs> pay money for there, him to there's a there, on them. It takes up to two months to get uh get in there and get your blessings, brother. I bet two will months. He part, will he no, part some so, hair? There's so many people. Oh, What's there's he, there's videos he? of him sitting on people's head just fucking blowing their brains out with it. <laughs> I mean, just is like is he sponsored by like Metamucil? Or, is there something he, he should taking? be? I don't know. He has to. Um, he said that he has to fart. Be. Listen, he has to fart on their face so they can hail their healings and blessings. And it cures spiritual sickness. You got to inhale this son of a bitch, too. Yes. Lord, I, I, I've never questioned a lot that you sent my way, but I'm going to question this one. <laughs> Hell yeah. A fucking hot Arby's fart. <laughs> a beef and cheddar right to the fucking nose, man. Oof. People are paying this. some sauce. People are paying this man money to fucking fart in their face. I mean, sit on their head and fart. and then Feel the old sphincter vibrate across the forehead. It's there. I mean, I was like, there's no way this is real. There's no way this is real. And then he found YouTube. And then I was like, it's real. It's real. <laughs> there's more than one article. It's real. So, do they lay down and he sits oh, yeah. down on oh, the yeah. face? Dude, he sits down like, he's like, he's like posing for GQ magazine. He's like sitting is down it, and he's I, got his hands in front of him like he's like thinking. So, uh, here's like, my thing. You know, forehead... <laughs> Forehead on the butthole or balls cheeks, on the nose? Cheeks. Like right on the side of the fucking face. Oh, so just oh, yeah. uh, teabag the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Suit pants? Yeah, yeah he's, got, he's got nice suit pants on. Well, okay. so maybe they're starch. On. Yeah. Maybe he's got a little say, starch in it. And my, my, I yeah. mean. You glad he came back tonight? Yeah, always glad. This, this guy, He's man. glad he came anytime. <laughs> well, I that won. Time. I won. Except for that one time. I took that one back. <laughs> Lord, I apologize. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this is just a, a fitting way to kick this one off. Uh, we're talking about shitty religious people. Uh, and uh, they don't get too much shittier than Warren Jeffs. And, no, they and, don't. If you have watched uh, on the Netflix, there's a Netflix documentary, and of course, there's a gazillion things about him on all these other channels, like uh, David Koresh. There's like a ton of documentaries. Um, the one on Netflix was "Stay Sweet, Obey, and Pray." Is that right? Is that what it was? Yep. Yeah. And that was the credo that was used by these fundamentalist uh, Latter Day Saint Mormon uh, uh, 
Yeah, it was the Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Yes, the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ, which of they are Saints. like, uh, they are just the extreme of the extreme when it comes to that that specific religion. And I had told Rob when we discussed this, uh, I think it was last week. Um, if you watched Leah Remini's Scientology series, uh, the last season, she brings in some people that left this fundamentalist church, and what they described. She was crying, and it was just a forty-five minute show, and they just barely scratched the surface. It Jesus. literally, we we watched it, we we binge watched it, Brittany and I did, and I was like, oh my god, I had no idea. I mean, I I had no idea. Uh, when we get done talking about this, uh, one thing you got to remember is it's still going on right now. This is still going on right oh, now. Yeah. They're just a little <laughs> bit more careful about how they're how they're practicing their their religion or whatever. Um, yeah, they really, still exist. The whole group still oh, yeah. exists. I, I don't see it. I don't and see it still, as a religion. They still see him as their leader. Yeah. Oh, as, yeah. They as still the prophet. Yeah. They still go. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get into all of that as well, too. But uh, that uh, stay sweet, obey, and pray is something that they teach these children at a very small age. Like I'm talking like, you know, like toddlers. They they write songs about it. They, they It's in their coloring books. Or it's everything that they do is that stay sweet, obey, and pray. And basically what that is is when that they had beat it's that called in, grooming. Yeah, they beat that yeah. in their head. They groom them with that their whole life to when they turn 14, 15, 16. Some some uh, cases were 12 years old. Um that's what they're be, you know beat into their head to when they have to go have sex with a 50-year-old man that they're just married off to. Jesus Christ. It's just disturbing and uh it, it's <clears throat> Like I said, man, I had no idea this shit was going on, and and this guy was the worst of the worst. What's crazy is when they raided his compound in '08. The FBI raided his compound. His compound was in Texas. Mm-hmm. You'd think there'd be some backwoods Southern lawyer justice going on, and I'm not talking about the Murdochs. Right, right. And they when when they got a hold of this guy though, when they got on the radar, I mean, they went out, they went all out, mm-hmm. you know, and they they, but by the time. If you go back and you watch it, and you talk about his father, which was uh, Rulon Jeffs. Is it Rulon? Is that how they yeah, said it? Yeah. yeah he um, had 50 wives. Yes. And some say 80 children. Yeah, 60 to 80 children. And and this guy was doing the same thing that this guy, uh, he taught this guy to do. So um, what they would do, and in this faith, and, and I'm sure people's probably going to message us and, 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 you know, try to drag, you know, drag us across coals over some things, but... To get into heaven, you had to have at least three wives, okay? That's the one thing they said that it is not, this sect is not recognized by the actual Church of Latter-day Saints, Uh Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints abandoned the polygamy or Mm -hmm. plural marriage back in the 1890s. Right. Mm -hmm. They, the fundamentalist, all that, decided that no, they were going to keep that. And, however, they've got their own private school out there in Salt Lake City. It's a cult. Oh, yeah. Hands down, a cult. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Hands down, it is a cult. I mean, even the legit, you know, Church of Latter day Saints just allowed African Americans into their religion recently. Isn't that nuts? It's fucking bonkers. It's completely nuts. And then I've got a, I got an excerpt <clears throat> out of one of his teachings that I'll read that at the end when it, when he talks about African American people and black yeah. people. Um, <laughs> You you've gotten this guy, so so we'll go back to the documentary, and you got Rulon. He's uh, he's they call him the prophet. Yeah, and he that is, started in eighty nineteen eighty six. Well, he's a right hand of God. He yeah. is he is a godlike figure. 
And to marry your daughter off to the prophet is seen, I guess, a way of it kind of excels you up into the kingdom of God. If your daughter's marrying the prophet, your daughter's married into the prophet's family, uh, then you have somehow attained that. Uh, next step. Yes, next step. You got the gold tie tack. It is a lot like Scientology. Yeah. It's it a lot like Scientology. Yeah, because yeah, when Rulon took over, he eliminated the entire church council. And then, like you said, he placed himself mm-hmm. as the right hand of God. Yeah, and then that's what these – here's here's what blew my mind. I'm watching this. I'm watching this whole thing. And I'm I'm like, how? How can you be – hoodwinked and fooled and but 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 if you're talking to in, a, in an age of a child you don't and you, know and the different. outside world has been shut off from you it, it is what it what's you know. the um m not Shyamalan movie where they they are in that park and it's like you think it's back in 17 colonial and she's blind and she goes over the fence and it's modern day it's one of the it, it's literally it is. a page out of that book it is they it cut is. themselves yeah. off from society and you're right it, is that midsummer? It's I I it's I something like that. It's something remember. like that. It had um oh what's his name? The little redheaded guy from Andy Griffith. Opie? Opie's Opie daughter. Cunningham? Okay. Opie's daughter is the main character and she's blind. Oh wow. that's before M Night lost his mind. All of his movies were great up until that one I think Airbender. But um yeah. anyway, that's the that, when I started researching that researching this, that's what it I Equated the, it the to village? the village, the village, the village, the village, and what the and if you go back and t- and you kind of remember the movie and this crazy ass real life story to an extreme, the movie did you know they had that thing in the woods? Well, it was just the older parishioners making sure mm-hmm. they kept everybody in line. Well, it's the same thing here. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It exactly yeah. the same thing here. Here's here's what uh, here's what just starts going. It's all nuts to me, anyways. Uh, but the one thing that really so Rulon was basically grooming Warren to take his place when he passed away. This guy's fucking eighty something years old, yeah. and he's got eighteen year old wives. You know, and they're begging him to please not sleep with them and wait till they're uh, well, they're younger, sixteen. And they're like, wait till we're of age, and then and he's like, you know, he would he would have sex with him anyways, and then they'd have babies. Um, so he's grooming Warren because he knows he's on his way out. So their whole ideology, their whole religion, what they think is, when the prophet dies, he just comes back as a younger version of himself. Okay, it's like he's reincarnated into this younger form, this younger body. Okay, well he dies. Yeah, it's a massive stroke in 1990, and Warren kind of slides. Yeah, in so they're all waiting for him to come back. To ma- they're all waiting, like they have no idea what's going on. And Warren steps in and goes, "Hey, I'm the younger. I'm I'm the prophet now. It's been passed to me. I'm the prophet. I'm the son of the prophet. I'm the prophet." And so the here's where it gets even more fucked up. If it, if it already hadn't got fucked up enough, he the women that he called his mothers are now his wives. are now his wives. And his sisters are now his wives. And that's where the whole show, Sister Wives, came from. Uh-huh. So, the, I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to wrap your head around it. Yeah. It's really hard to wrap your head around it. Holy shit. I mean, we just keep watching and watching. And I'm just like, what? I'm like, there's... It's no- a train wreck. Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. what When you made that, how do you, you get so hoodwinked? And we they do it at such a young age. But I've listened to 
another podcast, Necronomapod, and they've done some cult stories. And Ian is their main researcher, and he said he has seen himself at a point in his life where if someone of these cults that they've covered had showed him a little bit of attention, and then it ties back to what I was telling you about the Chris Beck episode off air with uh, Sean Ryan's podcast, they love bomb these people that are... They don't have anybody. Yeah. And I, it's cliche to say this, but they're on this wayward path and they don't know what, you know, where they're going. They don't know where they're going to sleep. They, this, and then all of a sudden someone shows them some love. And then all of a sudden, not just one person, but there's a group Multiple people. and you get all this love and you've never experienced that before. And then you start, well, this has to be God's way because they sent these people into my life. If, if it wasn't, he wouldn't have sent them. And, yeah. and so, and that's how they get them in there. And, you know, going back to our episode on Waco, any, I mean, Jim Jones, any cult, that's how they do it. And I had never heard it put into words that made sense until mm-hmm. I, I was telling you about that Chris Beck thing. And it, it's love bombing. Yeah. It, it just love bombing. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, I, and this is crazy as hell, but I remember it was in the 90s and I went to a concert with a bunch of my friends. <clears throat> of course, I probably had drank way too much. Imagine that. Is this before the hot wine or... Oh, it may, it, it was, it was in that same time frame, okay. same time frame. And I remember we had walked out and these two girls had came up to me and they were attractive. They were young. They were my age. And, um, they wanted to sell me, give me a CD for a donation. And then they started talking to me about, and it's just some old man. He kind of looked like the beatnik cat off the cartoons. With, you remember that? Yeah. Remember that cartoon? Yeah. That's what this old man looked like. And he was on the CD cover. And, uh, and I gave him 10 bucks. I was drunk. My friend's like, come on, dude. Quit talking to them crazy bitches. Get away from them. <laughs> They're trying to get you in a cult. And I was like, whatever. I was trying to get... Yeah. I was like, whatever. Yeah. So anyways... That's we, what we do. We leave. I, you know, we leave and go back. And so I wake up... Probably, this is how we roll. I wake up like two days later. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, it what is the hot wine episode? And I'm like, what is this CD? And I'm looking at it. And it's like, it's got all this... It's the same shit, dude. It's like straight up, like cultish, like we, you know... The whole thing. And I listened. I started listening to it. And it was just some old dude talking about ways to live a better life. Yeah. Like, the, he was like, you know, be our community. He called it his community. And it, and I was like, what? I wish I would have kept it. I wish I would have kept it. Holy cow. Yeah, but I probably used it to scrape ice off my window that winter when it <laughs> rolled around. But it, it's it's that, you know, it's that easy. And it was in Georgia. That was in Georgia back in the 90s. I mean, I, I very well could let those sirens <laughs> corrupt my mind into and here's the cold. Here's what's crazy. And if you grew up in a small southern town, within 45 minutes of you, there's a church that everyone knows is borderline. And there, when we were kids, it you was got the one, one you want to call out right now. I don't know the I name do. of it, but there's, yeah, there's we'll, one. We'll do it. When we were kids, well, this made the ABC Nightline in Kingston. He was drinking strict nine and holding oh, snakes. snakes. Yeah, that old man lived in ninety six. Somebody did get bit in the face by a rattlesnake over there. And yeah. He said, "Don't call God. God's got me. God will take care of me." And he's dead. About in ten hell. minutes later, he said, "Somebody call an ambulance because his head swelled up like a basketball. Killed him dead in hell." That was in Kingston, Georgia. That's about what, how far away from here. Uh, we can be there in about fifteen minutes. About fifteen minutes yeah. from here. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I and that one kind of that one kind of 
drifted out of the public eye, but it's still there. The church is still there. Yeah, I've heard too. Like if they have norm, like when they have normal church service with their with their people, it's a normal church service. But if uh, they have visitors show up, then they 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 bring out the circus. You know what I mean? They got I the show. They bring out the show. But I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't want to be in the woods with a fucking rattlesnake, much less a, a, a building with four walls and doors. No. Holding it in my hand. I'll pass. Shaking it. That cult shit's... Um, yeah. I'll tell them straight up. I'll be like, I, no, I'm going I'm going to die and go to hell. Get that snake away from me. That son of a bitch is biting me first. <laughs> As a non-religious person, I've experimented a lot with religion, um, especially when I was younger. Uh, I went to a lot of different churches, man, a lot of different denominations. And when I was 18... I got a job um, on uh, Rockmart Highway, and um, it was in an old Zardic building. And basically what we did was we worked with banks. When banks would foreclose on a home, they would send us the orders to go evict, uh, go in and look at the house and see what it needs to get it ready for resale. Scary business. Oh, yeah. Well, it was run by Pentecostals, and they were all my bosses. Every boss I had there was part of this religion and they're not just pentecostals they're called christ gospel is what the name of their sect is um and the way it works from what i gathered nice to ask a lot of questions because i was very interested sure um and what they would do is there was a lady and she lives in indiana and her name is mother or something i can't remember what they called her um but she basically comes up with each week's sermon and she sends them to these different Christ gospel leaders on a CD. And I remember getting the CD in the mail a couple of times and I went and got the mail for the business. And, um, it's like CrossFit workout. Yeah, it was that shit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. They're very scary, similar. And all those people that were in there that I worked with, they all did CrossFit too. No way. Oh yeah. It's bizarre. Um, now, are you talking about like CrossFit? <laughs> are we talking about burpees? Burpees. <laughs> well, and what's crazy is they're all very uh, nicely dressed. You know, Sorry. the hair's always slicked over and nicely combed and quaffed and all that shit. They got that third rock haircut. Yes. But the women, you know, none of the women cut their hair and um, they, uh, they all wear skirts. Maxi dresses. Well,. One time, one of them bent over and was like tying her shoe, and she sneezed. Did she wear white, uh, white kids or white? <laughs> they did wear shit balance. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Black Nikes. <laughs> no, we're doing that one next week. <laughs> she uh, bent over to tie her shoe, and she sneezed. And somebody asked why she'd sneezed, you know. And a very dear friend of mine um, said that uh, her pubic hair tickled her nose. <laughs> I was in tears laughing so fucking hard. <laughs> bent over, just the thought of bending over to tie her shoe and her pubic hair tickles her nose. <laughs> oh my God. It's always made me laugh. Um, but they are very, very cultish. And what was strange to me, what used to bother me was like, I would start talking about my life and, you know, shit I do on the weekends. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm going, I'm the normal one <laughs> yes. it would make you so angry <laughs> don't judge yeah don't judge me <laughs> yeah uh, uh but uh yeah and they 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 excommunicated people you'd hear them oh talk yeah about that yeah and, yeah yeah i mean they would put all this business right there in the office yeah. and talk about it 
I didn't leave until they um, we discovered they were uh, shaving time off people's checks. Mm. That's when I left. Yeah, I thought that's real cross like yeah. steal money from your fucking employees. Well, that's a that's a red flag there. You got a business card with a Jesus fish on there. <laughs> I'm grabbing my questions. I'm grabbing my wallet. <laughs> so <laughs> first, so when you you talk about that with the excommunication yeah. thing, that was the other thing I was telling you too about. With uh, with Warren, with Warren Jeffs, he uh, he had the power, dude. He had the whole entire power over the entire congregation. Oh yeah, of the whole of the whole outfit, and excommunicating young boys, young men was one of the things that they did. Oh yeah, and the reason they did that is because, of course, they have more females, right? Uh, less men to compete with. Yep, and literally, honest to God, they it got to a point to where if you look at it, they. It, they would go in, they excommunicated over 20 guys after he took over and they appointed their families to another man and they were to never speak of this man. The children was never to call them father that this new man that, that he had appointed them to be with was now their father. That was who that they would recognize as their father. Uh. I mean, could you imagine somebody having that kind of power over people? To tell them that that's no longer your dad. Your dad's he's going to burn in hell. He's going to be destroyed by God because he didn't follow the rules. But uh, yeah. the guy that you knew as uh, you know, brother Jebediah, whatever the fuck his name is, that's your new daddy, and your your mama's going to marry me. Holy and shit. I mean, it's so crazy. It's, mama's baby, daddy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and Uncle Daddy's going to have a cousin baby. Yeah. I mean, it's just it is literally the most bizarre thing and, and the reason i just cannot get over that they they were all they all believed it like yeah. they all believed it like when when warren got into when he first started getting into trouble they moved they they thought it, i think it was a y it was a y2k they okay. thought that the world was coming to an end and they got in every vehicle that they owned and packed up very minimal and went and drove out in the middle of the fucking desert and waited for the world to end and when the world didn't end Nobody questioned it. Nobody was like, hey, wait, maybe this is all wrong. They're like, well, God gave us another chance. Let's go back and uh, let's try again. Let's try again. <laughs> How many 12-year-olds we got in the crowd today? You know, I mean, it's just that kind of shit like that. So my, my thing is, I guess, if you're so if you weren't raised in this, you just discovered this. Somebody was really kind to you. You just moved in a community and you've got nothing. As a parent, have you just got no instinct to protect your fucking children at Here's all? Here's the thing. They didn't let outsiders in. That's how they got away with that. That's how that was never a problem. And anybody that questioned anything, they would send them out. Uh-huh. They would send them out. So you either follow the rules or you didn't get to stay. You were, you, they, you were an outcast. And they would throw you out on the street, basically, is what was happening. So, yeah. But that, in, in some sense, it was good because the people that they kicked out, they would try to get other family members out of there. You know, like, hey, the, you, this is crazy how you're living. Yeah. You you don't have to live this way. You can get out of here and, and live somewhat of a normal life. And the thing is, what kills me is when you get those people that are coming out, it's you try to get you have had a defining moment, the, the light bulb moment, and you saw something. And most of those guys were like, no, the, the guy that survived Koresh, I can't think of his name. But he says, look, man, I never questioned anything. And then there was that one day. Yeah. And then we, something happened and it it opened my eyes and I had to get out. 
I had to get out. And that's what's that's what no one understands is Was he the one that jumped out of the window when uh they started tearing the place down and he, uh, he escaped it like I think so. I can't remember. He was looking at Koresh and the other second in command and he's like, Fuck this, I'm y'all gonna burn to death in here. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. I mean, at some point you get it's like you said, you gotta have that light bulb moment. You gotta know yeah. At some point, hey, this is this is ludicrous. This ain't even real life. What are we even doing here? So, yeah, you've got to have those moments, man. You've got to have those moments of clarity. Everybody does. So we got married this past Saturday. We we're in Helen, Georgia, four hours later, and by the time we got to Helen, we got stuck in some traffic. Most of everything was closed mm-hmm. except this one restaurant stayed up until midnight. The guy at the hotel was like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's on this back street, and it's literally four businesses down on this back street. And, um, you know, I wasn't thinking anything about it when we walk out of the hotel, but as we get, like, close to the second business on this back street, I'm going, wait just a fucking minute here. I'm in a city I don't know with my new wife. The ink's barely dry. I got to be on my shit here. I need to keep my fucking head on a swivel. And at that moment, I was like, okay, you're on defense mode right now. Anybody, anything you hear, you fucking swinging. (laughs) (laughs) There I was in Helen, Georgia, throwing a haymaker. (laughs) But you never know something. On a Pentecostal. (laughs) With a CD in his hand. (laughs) Take my fucking hours. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but you've got to have those moments of clarity. Now, luckily, nothing happened. However, had I not had that moment of clarity at the time and something did happen, I was I wouldn't have been prepared for it. Right. You know, we'd have got our fucking shoes, coat, and our hat taken. You know? Yeah, I mean, you ain't got to – these people literally live with with blinders on, you know, to yeah. the outside world. Yeah. Anything they know about the outside world is bad. So yeah. they just shut it all down, you yeah. know. Well, I mean, you know – we try to justify that, you know, secular life is fine. And then they go put Sam Smith on the uh, Grammy Awards and he does some <laughs> shit like that. Of course, they think the devil's real. <laughs> God. Dude, good God. That stupid fucking outfit he had on. Why would y'all think he was a devil? Look at this man. <laughs> That's what I don't understand. It's crazy. He's fat and Velcro. (laughs) (laughs) Demonic about this. This is stupid. It's just sad. It's just a sad state of affairs. (laughs) You were talking about excommunicating. When he moved to Texas, he established that yearning for Zion Ranch, and he went basically off the reservation, excommunicated 21 men in 2004 for disobedience. Mm -hmm. And then he turned back to the congregation and basically... Total went total cult and dictated what they wore, how they lived their lives, who Everything they could marry, what changed. toys their children could play with. No TV, no internet. He cut them off. Yeah, he was their only conduit. Yeah, and you know that uh, that whole thing they when they went to build that ranch in Zion, uh, it was in El Dorado, Texas, or close to El Dorado, Texas. Um, people were, people were amazed. That they had all this labor, this free labor from the people, and they they worked twenty four hours a day. And that goes back to um, the jungles of Guyana. Yeah, they seriously carved out yeah that whole compound by hand. There was no heavy machinery. They had um, they had started building this whole big temple, and if you watch the documentary, the temples it's humongous, it's unreal. And I'll get to the seedy part of that here closer to the end. But 
they had uh if you want to talk about they started catching some heat because there was some there was specific uh, reports of of underage marriages and his nephew came out in 04 brent yeah. jeffs came out and said that he had been he, he was molested. sexually molested by warren and that's that's when the microscope starts clicking closer and closer and closer mm-hmm. uh-huh. so when they end up uh, they had ended up there was an un there was a there was a marriage um between that, a 14 year old and, and a 19 eight, yeah 14 year old and a 19 year old and they uh, were cousins and he, she, mm-hmm. she begged him not to have sex with her, and he he raped her on multiple occasions. Jesus. And she would, and she would go to Jeff's and tell him, "Please, this is what's happening to me." And he's like, "You need to stay sweet, obey, and pray. This is your job. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to obey your husband. You're supposed to be obedient." And uh, and she's a 14 year old kid. Jesus you know, Christ. she's 14 years old. Had multiple miscarriages. She wasn't able to carry a child for for a very long time. Um. She, uh, that was kind of one of the things. That, that was in 06. That's what's so, so crazy about this. This was in 06. He didn't start, y'all, he didn't, they didn't get his ass before a judge until 2019? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go back January the 1st God. of 2005, uh, the dedication ceremony where he was, uh, he was marrying off these girls, these underage girls, um, there was abuse uh, an anonymous caller called in 16 year old. Uh, she called in and said she was married to a 50 year old man and she had a, a child prior to that year. So she was 15 year old, 15 years old when she gave birth to the 50 year old man's child. Jesus. She called in. Well, the, the Texas authorities and uh, child protective services moved in and they actually took 416 kids out of Zion. They didn't realize how many kids were there. Like, they had no idea the numbers they were dealing with. The media got involved on this thing. Did you see all this shit? You know who had her big fat nose in the middle of all of it? Nancy Grace? No, fucking Oprah Winfrey. Oh, Talking wow. about how, oh, they just took your children away. And so they systematically had... Y'all, the, her and that whole thing down in the Haiti with those schools and stuff, man, there's something not right about it. Oh, that. yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you, too. They're probably trafficking kids out of there. I agree. And then when she did that whole interview coming down here to Georgia and interviewing those poor people in that restaurant, <laughs> she's such an asshole. She really is. But she took she took on the, like, uh, her and the rest of the media took on everybody's uh, calls, and they had systematically picked specific wives that could communicate well and three or four, five of them would get on there and they would cry on TV. And so they just took our children away. We have no idea what, you know, why these children. And remember when I say this, uh, that one interview, this one, these one, these few specific women were crying about how the children were being mistreated and they were taken away from our children are happy. Our children are loved. Not that we would never let anything happen to our kids and the government just moved in here and they took all our children away from us. And, and they got such a media uproar, uh, and there was putting so much pressure on child protective services and local law enforcement that the government in Texas, uh, I think it was the governor and a couple other people said, Hey, there's no evidence. You got to give the kids back. And, and that is such a slippery slope for Texas because we had talked about our last case was down in Albany and anytime child protective services gets in or defects is, you know, in, in Georgia, you got a 50-50 shot of whether it's going to be legit or not. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely, you do. You know, and... It's a crapshoot. Yeah, and Texas is neck and neck with Georgia with criminality and, and things going on with the child adoption process and foster parents and stuff like that. 
But man, you. What year was that? Was that? It would it have been after two thousand. It was uh, two thousand eight is so when they been, raided. It would have been after Bush. Yeah. So that was Obama's legacy there. Yeah, but who was the was Abbott then? Was it, was that somebody before Abbott was the governor? I think it was Greg Abbott. Here's the thing: as the governor, and I'm not. Ta- I'm not. Please don't misrepresent what I'm about to say. I'm not putting this guy on a pedestal at all. That's not what I'm saying. But as basically it comes to your desk, it's got it's gotten to that point for him to have the clarity, knowing damn well he they did what they were supposed to. But if you don't have the evidence, we're sitting here violating the law. So you're going to have to, as much as I hate to say this, you got to let them go back, yeah. knowing that you're yeah. t- returning them to their abusers. Then you hold a closed door meeting going, well, get me the fucking evidence. Mm-hmm. Get me the evidence and let's make sure it doesn't happen again. I agree. And I just, just thinking about our own kids, just worrying about one, having that weight of 400 kids laid on your desk, knowing damn well they're, they are better off where you have them now yeah. and you've got to legally turn them around. Yeah. Send them right back. You know what's the gross part? One of the grossest parts about this thing, too, is they take these underage girls. When it was time for them to be married, they would drive them way out in the middle of a desert. Like it was just on this desolate area where there was a mobile home. And they used that for a wedding chapel. And they would marry them there. Nobody's around. Nobody's there to see it or witness it. But the dumb motherfucker kept records of every single thing he did. And, that and that's was, the that narcissism. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They yeah. have to have that. All those pieces of shit. Like, that's one well, thing it's about like them. a serial killer keeps yeah. souvenirs. That's it's exactly the same it. fucking It's their thing. downfall. Yeah. That's it. And it was his eventually. So. Well, and I don't know. You may be about to get to this, but he called them celestial marriages. And he had married a girl, a 12-year-old girl and then another 15-year-old girl. Both had his children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another. Well, even even before that, he had uh, he was no stranger to abusing boys. Like even uh, he had um, there was uh, sexual abuse inflicted uh, on uh, Brent Brent Jeffs. We had talked about that's his nephew, right? Yep. And then uh, he had two of his nephews and one of his own children that publicly. Claimed that he he also sexually abused them. And that was what opened Jesus. the door was his nephew that he excommunicated, yeah. calling the popo. But going back to his narcissist, this dumbass kept journals and wrote down his entire day. Every he had the habit of having his wives write down all of his activities. He kept journals. He made audio tapes, and he even taped the assault. On the twelve-year-old girl, yeah, and I and we'll get to that too. And I'll tell you, I'll talk about the uh, that happened in the temple. But when he was on the run, when they got a, they had a, uh, I believe there was a sixty. He was on the FBI's most wanted list, and they they basically had a, uh, the reward money was up to a hundred thousand dollars. He was this dude was on the FBI's most wanted list. He was on the run uh, for child bride marriages, and this was in two thousand six. Sexual wow. assault with children, and and even and and I'll even dig in a little bit on the human trafficking part of this too. Um, but he was living the high life, man. They were going like the documentary said he was going to Disney World. They were going to um, they were going to these hotels. It was him and his two favorite wives, and another maybe his brother and somebody else. Uh, they were, they were going to Vegas. They were, they were wearing normal clothes. 
they were watching porn uh, in the hotel rooms. Uh, wow. He he even uh, even documented uh, having the children touch each other to, to learn how to get. They had to help each other get aroused to have sex with him. Like all this shit's documented. Holy shit! And when they that, when they pop him, they catch his ass with wigs, burners, and fifty thousand in cash. Yeah, but you want to hear something else crazy? His brother got when they were looking for him. His brother got popped, and he had I think he had like ten grand on him. And they were he actually was taking the money to give to Jess. They made the parishioners give a thousand dollars a week. They said, I don't care where you get it, where you find it. Everybody has to pay a thousand dollars a week, and they put this money in a box. going clear Scientology yeah. man. It's a damn page out of his. So, it is. so they would take that money. They would take the money, and they would meet up with with Warren Jeffs, and they'd give him the money. Uh, so when his brother got popped, uh, they had to figure out a new way to get it to him. So they went to Costco and they bought tomato uh, cases of tomato, tomato soup, tomato uh, tomato sauce, whatever, and it had the peel off tops. So they would empty them all out and wash them, and they would put. Fifty grand in each one of those tomato cans. They were giving this fucking guy three hundred thousand dollars a week, and he's just burning right through it, like living it up, man. Going to Vegas, doing all this crazy shit. Uh, and then, like like Arlo said, when they called him, he had uh, he had all these disguises. They had the wigs, they had the burner phones, and they had the cash. And he went when he went to jail. That was it. He didn't get out. And then when he went to jail, all the shit started coming out. All this other stuff started coming out. Yeah, and right before he goes, when they do bring him in to court, they basically have him by the short and curlies because, like we already discussed, he was a dumbass and wrote everything down and kept audio tapes. And they played an excerpt from the the assault on the 12-year-old girl, and you can hear him say, if the world knew what I was doing, they would hang me from the highest tree. Yeah. He knew. He knew. Then, this is always a telltale sign that you're dealing with a narcissist and someone that thinks that they're above the law. He served as his own attorney. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a fucking idiot. In his closing argument, they gave him 30 minutes for his closing argument. He stood in front of the jury, silent, for 30 fucking minutes. If I was on that jury, I'd have have been like, we we still got that alternate? I'm going over the rail. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be like, we are. Pushing for the death penalty on this one. Yeah. They'd be like, you, you got to go. It, it, it was probably quicker than the Murdoch. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked yes, about that. Yes. <laughs> Three-hour conviction. Yeah. We're going to get some food. We're going to ask for some evidence. And then we're going to take a vote. Yeah. <laughs> and we're getting the fuck out of Which here. Which reminds me. So, and I, I know I'm going off topic here. Their last name. I've heard it Murdoch and Murdoch. And I think the reason you've heard it Murdoch is so they... While talking about them, there's no legal recourse that they can pursue against them for using that name. Yeah, Plumpy uh, come out this week and said that uh, he's tired of the press and ever all the talking heads running his good Sully in his good name. Well, he's he wants it to stop. And I'm like, well, him. guess what, son? It's about to get a whole lot fucking worse for you, partner. A whole lot worse. And we'll take a look too when we when he goes to jail. When he goes to jail, he's allowed to. Uh, he doc, he, of course, not the documentation, but he's writing down the words of God that are spoke to him while he's in jail. Like I'm talking, fucking syllabuses, books, doctrine, yeah, now, and doctrine documents. He's still controlling the church behind bars. Yes, the church has come there and picking it up and taking it, and whoever's in charge is like 
the prophet says these things shall be done, will be done, or going to be done. You know, it just he's still running the church from behind the bars. And then he goes these on people, hunger strikes. These and he tries people to bow. still can't get it through their fucking thick heads. Yeah. You know what? Because they're doing the same things he did. Yeah. They're still doing the same shit. Oh, yeah. It's still they're still happening. doing it. Yeah. So we get to the points where he did try to kill himself in jail while he was in there because uh, most weak people that go to jail do that. Yeah. He uh, tried to hang himself. But he and, was such a failure, he couldn't get that right. What a pussy. And he even banged his head on a wall. I probably hit his head once. Yeah. Or there was some guards in there what banging it, his head into said, a wall. Yeah. like, oh, we almost got caught. Oh, no. Somebody I'm not said to kill the other day, it was an older trial or something, and they asked. They were like, well, he tried to um, – Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby was uh, evaluated by a psychiatrist, and they were like – they were appalled because he had tried to kill himself. He tried to bash his head on the cell wall, and so they interviewed the warden, he goes, oh, you mean when he was rubbing his head against the wall before y'all got here? Yeah, he does that daily. <laughs> that was he probably, didn't try to kill his shit. <laughs> That's probably rubbing his head against the wall, truth be known. So you got... Oh, I'd take my shot at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know where the dead areas are. I find... <laughs> That's what I don't understand, dude. How is he... They said he was the model prisoner. There's a short shelf life for people that touch children. Yeah. How are you? How did he make it? That's what I'm wondering. How he, they didn't fuck him up. He, um, we'll go back to, uh, we'll go back to Zion, this big, humongous temple, this temple that they built in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a desert in Texas. This place is immaculate. It's all white. Everything's white. You go inside, everything's pristine. It's white. It's bright. It's like, I guess you would think how heaven would be. Okay. Yeah. So they go all to this place. They're looking. I thought that was Lindale. I know. <laughs> no, it just depends on what night it is. <laughs> so they've got everything. They're, they're going through this thing, and um, they have two of the girls that actually got out. Uh, was telling them how they, they always keep a room. There's a room that keeps all the documents. And so they find the room, and, and like we said, he had everything from day one, had it all documented, every single thing that he did, recorded, documented, videoed, everything. The most disturbing part of this whole thing is when you go upstairs, there's a a gigantic white bed. It's so big um, that you have to take stair, steps up to the bed, okay? Oh, wow. And so what they would do in there and it was documented and it was video and it's what Arlo just had got finished talking about. They had a 12 year old girl in there and he was talking to her before he raped her telling her, you know, this is, you know, this is God's will. God's will will be done all this bullshit. And the sister wives are, are holding this little girl down on this big giant white bed while this nasty, slimy sack of shit rapes this little girl jesus christ and he records every single bit of it every bit of it and on the documentary you can hear it like uh you can hear uh it, it's awful dude it's terrible. jesus it's absolutely terrible uh if there's any more of a dehumanizing moment uh if you if if people want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt or it's his religion and you know we just don't understand it no all you got to do is listen to that. You just got to listen to that tape, and it absolutely is one of the most well, listen disgusting things. Listen to what came out of his own mouth. Yeah. If they knew what I was doing, they'd hang me from the highest tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he knew yeah. what he was doing. And the the bad thing is A&E did a documentary called Warren Jess, The Prophet of Evil. It's two hours, and it goes through the whole community of the church, and they interview former members. And that was in February of 2018. Then there's 
one, two, three, four, five, six more documentaries on this. And that's why we talked last week about the Murdoch thing. Y'all, this started in 08. The last documentary, Eat, Be Sweet, and whatever. Yeah. What was that, 2020? No, it was this. It was recent. 2022? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about that time frame. So you're looking at 15 years, roughly. And we're still having documentaries come out about what's going on that has not been covered. And I just yeah. said there's seven more. And that's why we said when things pop off, like Nexium, that whole Nexium cult, it's going to take years. It's not decades. Yeah. To for that, that shit, shit to out. come to, to a head. This whole Murdoch thing, is, it'll be 10, 15 years before you really know what happened. Yeah, yeah. before you get the magnitude of everything that yeah. happened. You're right. All it takes is one get one squeaky wheel. And you start opening up all these other doors to all this other stuff that nobody even had any inclination of. Oh, well, that motherfucker Buster going to be talking. Buster going to talk. Well, it's like, man, you talked about with uh, Paul's best friend. And we wondered what happened to Steven. I mean, yeah, they all know, man. They know what yeah. happened to that kid. They know yeah. what happened to him. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think Buster going to sing. Yeah, I think he will, too. I think what Buster need to do, he need to go down now on the coast. He go on a fishing trip one day. He come back with a whole new attitude. I <laughs> <laughs> not come back at all. Yeah. What's that movie? It's, it's an old one about the. Uh, it's not killing time, and it's about the murders in uh, Mississippi. They murdered those two black guys and that one Mississippi white kid. burning. Maybe yeah. Um, when they, when the FBI brings in that old that old black man, and then they take that old Klansman. And they put him in that house. He goes, we'll get our answer in about 20 minutes. Sometimes. Sometimes you got to, by any means necessary. I saw a great quote the other day that said, peaceful men are capable of great violence. If you're not capable of great violence, you're not a peaceful man. You're a harmless man, and harmless men are a dime a dozen. And I I thought, you know what? That's pretty spot on. Yeah. Right. I've said I've said this on this podcast before, and I'll say it again. When you when you get into religion and you go, when you, my kids go to church, and it's great. I love it that they go to church. You know, we've been going to a church too, and I find it hard. It's hard for me to to attach to a church. I just have my reasons. Um, but the one thing I always try to tell myself in my head is, you go in there for the message. You're not going there for the person who's giving the message, right. and so. If somebody's saying something or doing something that sounds a little off cuff, I mean, it's okay to question them. And that's I'm the, telling you, it's okay. That's because it is. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think I had this conversation this weekend with my son. I said, when you raise your hand in school, in any profession, you're going to be labeled as a troublemaker if you question why. Mm-hmm. There's no motive behind, there's no ill intent behind you questioning why. Okay, we've done this for 10 years. Why are we still doing it? There's got to be a better way. That doesn't mean I'm attacking you personally, but some of these narcissists see that as a personal attack. Yep. And if you're truly a good leader, and I always go back to Les Miles, when they, they did a 60-minute interview with him, and he st- they asked him, they said, you know, you were an average football player, an average coach. What do you attribute your success to down at LSU? He said, I hire the best people for the position because I know I'm weak in that position. Mm-hmm. 
And if I don't trust them, they're not the best hire. Yeah. And if you don't approach any facet of life like that, that's what people don't understand. I'm not attacking you personally when I say, hey, why are we... Why are we reaching around our heads to scratch our ass when I can just go right there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never tried it like that. <laughs> so I got some long ass arms though. No, we just go like even even saying this too, and it, it, me again going back to you go for the message, you don't go for the person you know teaching the message. Um, you know, our oldest daughter's and she's in a youth group, and she's like she's on the praise team, whatever she does, her thing. Super proud of her, but. If you know myself and you know her mom, then you know what kind of people we are and how we do things and we cut up. And we got her a keychain that said, Happy birthday. Uh don't it's a keychain. It says, Happy birthday. Now don't go do don't do any dumb shit. I mean, that's just how we are. Now, that's that's a more that's a truthful statement. Yeah. As Jocko Willink said, if you want to stay out of trouble, don't do dumb shit. Yeah. That's it. So so we got this <laughs> for we thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Well, one of the kids read it at church. And they tell the youth pastor. So the youth pastor tried to embarrass her in front of the other kids about oh, it. I dressed him down. And dude, we have had a tough time. Not because uh, yeah. only because of her. Because she's begged us not to say anything. Please, yeah. you just don't. No, yeah. we know. We do know. You you just don't know. Yeah. And so uh, it's you if know. you're willing to, and that's the thing at a young age. If you're willing to compromise that. What else are you going to compromise? That's right. Yeah. And kids, and I think back to myself, and I'm not saying your daughter or my son or anybody's young son, daughter, whatever. It's that whole teenage mentality. Just don't cause any more trouble. It'll go away. Yeah. But it won't, you're building you're building a foundation for something. Yeah. And so eventually, you got to be like no more. Right. Yeah. And some people takes 25 or 26 years to realize everything that I've gone on up until this day was bullshit. Yeah. And I just stood there and took it. Yeah. And I'm not going to do it anymore. And then you're labeled angry and you're mm-hmm. a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the veil was lifted. That's it. And going back to what you said about the message, I had this conversation. This is eerie. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> Monday. I, it's a lot. Well, Monday, you want me to fart on your head? Out mm, off air. I bless you. Okay. Monday, I had a conversation with a student, <laughs> and she is battling anxiety. And I get a lot. Like I'm very open about how I've battled anxiety since I was a teenager. Yeah. With my students, I'm, you know, there's no shame in my game. I've gone through. If you've, if you've thought about it, I've had those same thoughts. I mm-hmm. still wrestle with those demons daily. Yeah. And so I was telling her, and she's very religious. And I said, "All right, so here's the thing. Just open." I said, I watched my granddad do this. Just open the book and read. There'll be a message in there that you need to read. It may come in Genesis. It may come in Revelation. But the message is in there, and when you open it, he'll guide you or whoever spiritually. I'm not saying that everybody should worship God or none of that stuff. Whatever religion, that's that's up to you. But there's a the thing is, if you are open to the message— the message will be there if you just let it come in. Yeah. And it and it could be and I had this conversation about oh God, it was probably ten years ago now. We had a young lady at a behavior disorder school that I worked at. Um our principal was very religious. And um she told she goes to church every day the doors open. She goes, You know what? The best relationship I have is Sunday mornings when I don't come to church. I just walk around my yard. 
and I have such a clearing effect about things that I was questioning. And that's what I'm saying. And I think that's where I'm not putting words in your mouth, but there's there's times where you just got to be alone. Get the sunshine on your yeah. face. Take a deep breath. And I tell my wife this on the weekends all the time. I know what I'm freaking out about is irrational as hell. And if I wrote it down, it would be laughable. But right now, it's not. Yeah. Right now, it's the most fucking important thing. And the fact that you're not judging me and you're just listening means the world to me. I yeah. know it's irrational. And yeah. I'm telling you this. Before I tell you this, this is, I know it's stupid. So let's just get that out front. Yeah. I know I'm freaking out about something I can't control. And after two days, it'll go away. Yeah. But right now, I can't get my mind off of it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, people... And then I go back to the Chris Beck thing. I think we talked about this in the, in the Murdoch episode. He equates a story with the three seconds. I equated it to three minutes. Just give somebody three minutes. Yeah. At the end of that three minutes, they're either A, still full of shit, or you got a better perspective of where they're coming from. Yeah. You know, my dad, he... um He's not a religious man at all. Grew up, grew up going to Sherwood Forest Baptist Church. That's right, you know. Grew up in Sherwood Forest, and um, I remember I was probably sixteen. I had a girlfriend, sixteen years old, still in school. I didn't give a shit about nothing. But we got really into um, this church, Dole Road Baptist Church. I remember every Sunday I'd come home and be like, "Dad, you want to go to church tonight?" And I was like, "No, nah, son. I, I really it's my only off day. I really just like to sit at home." I said, "Yeah, I hear you." You know, I'd go to the church and pray for my dad. I hope my dad gets saved and all this. And I remember I came home one Sunday and just talking to him. And he goes, he said, he says, I want to talk to you. I said, okay. He says, I think you going to church is great. I said, he said, I think you having faith is a great thing. He said, but one thing you don't need to ever forget. And I said, what's that? He says, do you have your own brain? I said, yeah. He says, you need to get in contact with that every day. He says, you need to think for yourself. Yeah. He says, that is the, he said, son, if I can't teach you nothing else, if you take nothing else I've ever told you in your life, he says, take this advice every day. Think for yourself. He goes, I promise you it's going to save you a whole hell of a lot of headache later on. And, you know, he was fucking right. Yeah, absolutely. He made me question everything in my life. And I, to be honest with you, I, I think that's, and I'm not, you know, successful by any means but God, i think that's the God. only reason i am where i'm at today and not still with my head up my ass yeah. is because he told me to think for myself but he never bashed religion at mm -hmm. the same time he told me to think for myself he was like no i think you have a face a great thing like explore this this could be you know something that you know you keep with you for the rest of your life now i didn't <laughs> but um you you've got to have that, and it, it, you've got to have someone to talk to, other than yourself, or other than somebody that's in a position to where it benefits them for you to listen to them. Yep. And I, I think that's um, maybe the most important, thing, especially as a young man, as a young sixteen-year-old man, who the only thing you got on your brain is chasing ass and sneaking a beer here and there. Use your fucking brain. You know, we got so far away from that. It's a society, too. Yeah. Is people do not think for themselves anymore. They don't. Do not. I, I Dude, I, I tell him all the time, like, I make these goofy-ass reels. And, like, the stupider they are, the more content. Like, we yeah. get, they share it, they like it. But 
you don't really realize how fucking stupid people really are that comment on it because they think it's real. Yeah. Well, back in the pandemic, there people was people think I'm a doctor on Instagram because you got your scrub because I got my scrubs on and I make comments about people getting hurt doing dumb shit. You know, it's just it's all it's all fucking satire. It's 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 not real. And people think I had this girl message me a a, a, a true life story that happened and how dare I tell people to call child protective services on somebody because her brother almost got took away from her and I was like whoa dude pump the brakes pump the hay brakes fuck knuckles (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm just like I'm like, but yeah, man, everybody keep commenting because the more comments we get, the more content shared we get paid. I did one. (laughs) How about it? it? I did one that's sitting about 20,000 and it was a, a African American comedian. He goes, "I've always wanted. What's the white guys? This song comes on, and you're just ready to take on the world." And so I said it was a Tupac song. And why had this punk kid about three days in say something? And so I popped off with a Tupac quote. Yeah. And I had I had people like, "Hey, sit down, son. Grown <laughs> men are talking." Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I, my favorite thing is when I, and like the one I did today has got 176 view, 176,000 views today. Damn. And, uh, I literally, I, I love the ones that have poor grammar. I yeah. eat them up. Yep. I'm like, man, if you ain't even got a high school education yet, get the fuck off my page. You just want to go, how the fuck did you spell that like that? I <laughs> it, took me, it took me longer to read this than it did to make the real. I had, <laughs> I had a guy comment and say, he looks like the kind of doctor that never even, is never in the office when you need him. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a fucking doctor. <laughs> it's not real. But just, you know, exactly what you said. You got to use your brain. You got to start thinking for yourself. You if you to. let other people tell you what to do and when to do it and how to do it, you're in for a long fucking miserable life. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not going to get any easier here on out. Yeah, my thing has always been: well, you trusting this person right off a fucking cliff. What are you going to do when they die? How are you going to think then? Are you going to find somebody else to think like? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean what happens when the Kardashians finally go off air? We will have aimless, a whole aimless population. Speaking of speaking of the Kardashians, giant asses and giant tits that are just stupid as hell. Their foreheads don't move. <laughs> what what happens when that goes out of style? Boy, they're going to really be fucking sorry. Oh, yeah. So there's a guy that uh, he follows golfers around and he makes smartest comments in their backswing. Have you seen this guy? Yeah. And then Caitlyn Jenner's out there about to crush a ball and he goes. Kalen, honestly, you really miss going to be able to go piss in the bushes when you want to, don't you? <laughs> and he turned around and looked at this guy, and he goes, I just want to know where that rude comment came from. And starts dying laughing. Because <laughs> it's fucking funny, yeah. dude. Yeah. And you that's the thing, but think about all the comedians we grew up with that would be canceled. Oh, oh all yeah. of them. All of them. Eddie Murphy would have never made it past Saturday Night Live. No. Me, probably after the next stand-up I do. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about stupid people on Instagram that uh can't think for themselves. So I I've even started to the point now where I, I comment with a nice comment. If they say something hateful, I'm like I'll say Thank something you for nice. Your support. Yeah. Like and it's like, are you patronizing me? Or you know, it's like they get mad. 
<laughs> you can't even, you can't do anything, dude. You, it, the whole world's in a fucking blender of shit. It is so much more fun to be nice to them, isn't it? Because yeah, it, it, it makes that, them dude, angry. Really, it really makes them angry. <laughs> yes. The nicer you are to them, the more fucking mad they get. So they're like, why? I mean, it just throws everything off, it everything does. they're trying to do. So, yeah. yeah. And I enjoy doing that at my job because you can tell when someone's angry when you oh, first yeah. see them. And of course, as soon as they come, I'm like, hey, what can I do for you? <laughs> you know, it's a very that's uh, a nice shirt you got on, and it like short circuits everyone. Fuck you! Like one of the, <laughs> I'm a bitch. Like one comment of the, about my nice shirt. It's like one of the daughters that I deal with is uh, he hates most people. Like he's not friendly at all yeah. to anybody, and any not just me, but anybody. And I'm in one of his cases, uh, one of the very few I got to be in, and then I know the uh, X-ray tech. Is in there, and he's like, "Hey, man, how'd you get this job?" And I and I just was like, "I said they were desperate for help," and I answered an ad, you know, just making a joke, you yeah. know, and like he just looks at me like, "Uh huh," <laughs> like about fucking right, <laughs> you know, like. But I knew it was good. I knew yeah. he, I was getting zero response out of him. You yeah. know, he wouldn't even acknowledge me. But then I said yeah. that he's like looking at me. He's like, oh. <laughs> "Shit, dude!" And I just like, yeah, whatever. Dude. Edward, man, I'm so glad you're back. Uh, I'm glad to, to have you back. here. I'm glad your family's happy and healthy. Glad your yeah, balls man. are good again. Me too, man. <laughs> Me too. That was a real fucking bummer for about two weeks there. I was, uh, oof. <laughs> and that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, you guys, be sure to, uh, when you get a chance, uh, go check out what's going on over there with Mysterious Brews. Arlo, what do you guys got going on this week? Well, we, uh, we're going to do it. Uh, I know this is a shocker, but we're going back to the great state of Arkansas for an unsolved hey, murder. Hey, there we go. I know that's Hell a shocker. Yeah. So, the, yeah. Apparently, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Man, those are always that, fucking great episodes. Yeah, they are. We, uh, we spent some time down in Albany, in Georgia the last two weeks. And oh, if shit. you don't take anything away from anything I ever say, do not find your ass in Albany having to use the Albany PD for anything. Okay. Okay. Duly noted. Duly noted. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, that's going to do it. Y'all take care. We'll see you next week. Thank you, gentlemen. Later. Later.